0: ever wondered what kinesiology is and how to harness this to really be a powerhouse in your toolkit as a woman, then listen to today's episode with kinesiologist Alana to find out more. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. As we get to the end of 2021, I hope you're going well and you're not finding yourself too stressed out as we get to the end of the year. I was really excited to speak with Alana in relation to today's episode. We talk all the things about kinesiology and a big part of today's episode is about how you can work in alignment with your cycles. And I mean, from as cycles, I actually mean menstrual cycles. It's really fascinating piece of work and area that you go into. And when you start to realize the impact that this can have on your productivity, your outlook, even your energy levels, it could actually be really game-changing in the way that you work. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Alana, who is a kinesiologist. She teaches this and we'll go into more of that in the episode. So, have fun listening. Also, as always, if you can leave a rating or review, that would be great. So let's get into it. Welcome, Alana. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast. How's your day going so far? Hello, Karina. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a podcast day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good. So good. So why don't we kick it off? And Do you want to just describe who you are and what you do, because it's very exciting. And if I explain it, I'm not going to give it any justice whatsoever.
1: I'm Alana Kazakovich. I'm a kinesiologist, women's energy and cycle mentor, yoga and meditation teacher. And I work in many different ways, one-to-ones. I run retreats. I do some corporate workshops. I have a membership. But I also am a CPA accountant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which you may not have known—that was my past life. So, the reason I am who I am to do it today, and why I have my business, is I uh, hit rock bottom at age thirty, really, back quite severely, with chronic fatigue and autoimmune diseases. And I had an eighteen-month healing journey to recover from that. And part of my healing journey and rediscovering myself, and setting boundaries, and saying no, and stop people pleasing and being a perfectionist and doing too many things, which is basically what caused my burnout, was kinesiology and learning to listen to the intuition of my body, which as women, we all innately have, but don't necessarily know how to access or have forgotten how to access. We all have it as kids. For those of you who have kids, you you know your kids will have these free spirits, and you know be really in tune, and can cry, and they be happy, and just a real, really free flowing. But as we move into teenagers and adults, we quite often lose some of that intuition. And so I went on this beautiful journey. I've done so many different modalities, and I've learned so many different things on my journey. And now I'm really passionate about teaching women to. Listen to their intuition, listen to their bodies and work really, I suppose, in sync with the energy of not only their menstrual cycles and the energy of the moon and mother nature, because we're all quite cyclical beings as women, but just really listening to themselves and to that intuition and to that wisdom.
0: Oh, I can't wait to get into this because as I'll profess, I don't know much about this at all, but I've heard how powerful it can be. So I can't wait to learn. So let's just kick it off. What is kinesiology? So kinesiology
1: traditionally uses muscle testing. So if you came and saw me in clinic for face-to-face, I work online at the moment because it's the only way I can work. <laughs> Gotta love Melbourne. Oh. <laughs> <And> COVID. <laughs> But traditionally, uh, so I offer online and in person. But traditionally, it is a touched-based modality, and basically, it's about tuning into your energy field, tuning into the energy blueprint of your body, and understanding where there might be some blocks, stresses, imbalances within the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual bodies of of yourself. But also, I work holistically, so it could be looking at the energy blocks with any facet of your life. So it could be lifestyle, finances, relationships, environment, etc., etc. And because we're using muscle testing, your body's subconscious is saying to me through the muscle testing, this meridian is out, or you know, this oral chakra is out or this is going on in their life. It's this emotion, it was happened when they were five or it started there and like the body tells me, obviously through what I've learnt, what it is or where that imbalance is and then we figure out what you need to find that alignment again and usually once the alignment is found or the body has the awareness that it needed your energy shifts and changes and things miraculously start happening so the back pain might have disappeared or your cycle comes back or you finally have the courage to quit your job and start your business or new sales and Customers start coming your way and it's been blocked for months. So it's really quite profound what can happen through kinesiology. I like to call it almost like your magical self awareness without being aware.
0: (laughs) Sorry, how does it work with that? You say the block, the energy blockers. What does that mean? Do you have an example?
1: So an energy blocker can be something like an emotion. So you might be feeling stuck. You might be feeling overwhelmed. You might be feeling anxious, and you can't move through it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Or
1: you running your business, and you've been capped at an income level of say two grand, three grand, five grand, ten grand, twenty whatever it is, but you can't seem to shift past. So there's a there's a block or a ceiling there in balance. Like why can't I reach that next target or whatever it might be? A block could be pain, so it could be the back pain in the body or a neck pain that just you can't seem to shift. Quite often people will come and see me. They've been to a chiropractor or an atropath, they've been to an physio, but it's not physical that's the problem. It's something else. It might be emotional or spiritual that we need to clear for that to disappear. Does that make sense? Wow. So the block could be anything that's going on in, in your life. And we just figure out what it, what it's linked to, what it's associated with, what's that sort of feeling, that the emotion. And once we sort of figure out that sort of puzzle or that picture, (laughs) and clear the energy, and so in what when I mean by clear the energy is we use a remedy. So you can actually see behind me. It could be an essential oil. It could be rubbing, rubbing an acupressure point. I could have to use sound healing. It might be a flower essence. It might be changing your diet. It might be a shift of attitude. It might be cleansing something. It might be doing a ritual. There's so like. I have so many things that it, it could be so many different things that you have to, have to be done to shift the energy. But the body will tell me what you need when you're having a session with me. So your body is very intelligent; it is very wise. But so many people have just lost that sort of intuned awareness. To answer yeah. some of those questions for themselves, and so that's what I help. I help with. <laughs> it's
0: it's it's really uh, interesting because it's not something. Yeah, if you think you've got a pain in the back, you you do go see you, someone to mess it out, think, and you
1: think,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, you think it's not necessarily always those emotional and, as you say, the emotional, spiritual and, and those kind of blocks that can, yeah, really clear it out and do it. And as you say, the intuition of our bodies as kids is quite strong, but then as we get older, it's not as good. Why is it because when we get older, we don't do it? It's because, like, society is almost putting a lid on some of our emotions and saying, you know, as you get older, I've got two boys, so, you know, don't cry. It's not manly or something like that.
1: Yeah you've spot on it's like we're conditioned and boxed into rules and regulations that we squash almost <laughs> or you know we feel like we have to be molded and so we mold <laughs> whereas you know as kids they they don't care if they've got you know they run around naked half the time or, you know, like they don't, That it doesn't worry them if they haven't eaten for five hours or that it doesn't worry them if they're crying or carrying on in, in a supermarket. Like they don't care. No. <laughs> they're just free-flowing human beings and very in tune with what they need and what they want. And very expressive. <laughs> and we sort of lose that through conditioning.
0: Wow. And then... Also you talked about the energy of the moon and the menstrual cycle. I've heard this a couple of times. Are you able to explain what it is and, and how can we be more in tune with that? Yeah, so as
1: women, we have four distinct seasons or phases of our menstrual cycle every single month. And they're basically the four phases are the same as the four seasons within our year. So we have a, a winter week a spring week, a summer week, and a autumn week in our menstrual cycles. And every single week of those, of the se- like if you think about the seasons, we usually feel a little bit different in each of those seasons too. Like winter generally is more about hibernating and resting and restoring and recharging and just being a little bit more inward and reflective. Well, it's exactly the same energetically the week of our menstrual cycle which is the week we bleed (laughs) it's the slow week it's where we should be resting more and restoring and recharging and doing less even in our businesses like it doesn't mean that you have to completely not work but just prioritizing your workflow in alignment with your cycles in alignment with which week of your season you you are in because each week of your season from a work perspective you can achieve different things and quite often get I would not say better results, but are more productive when you start to work in alignment with the natural seasons and phases of your menstrual cycle. So just so I can sort of recap the four of them. So winter is, as I said, menstrual week. It's also correlated with new moon. So if you're no longer bleeding, so some of your listeners may not necessarily be bleeding because they're breastfeeding or they're pregnant or they might be postmenopausal they would follow the energy of the new moon as being that kind of more slow sort of internal kind of week and then we move into spring so spring is a little bit like you're in it's like week so day seven to sort of like day 14 of your cycle and if you feel like like spring is a little bit like that refresh and that rebirth of energy which I certainly feel like if I I move into sort of day six or seven of myself I feel like I feel like whoa okay I've come back, you know, out of that sort of slumber of of my bleed, and I, you know, I feel more energized, and I feel like perhaps doing a higher intensity yoga class or Pilates or whatever it might be. So that's kind of that spring sort of week. And then we move into summer, which is like ovulation. It's that peak kind of energy time. It's the time in my business where I'm usually really social and I really enjoy doing events and running retreats and being really outward, whereas your winter time would be more definitely more inward. And it's a time when I socialise with friends and family the most. And then autumn phase, you know in autumn you know trees shed their leaves and we naturally even with the shift and change with our hormones every single week as well, they start to patter off, which is where we can quite often start to feel more pMSy or just feeling a little bit more tired and quite often the week where women want to divorce husbands or <laughs> because we're just needing that little bit more me space. it's like I don't want to be touched. You might be feeling a little bit more tender in the breasts or in the abdomen because you know it's like you're preparing for the bleed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little bit more of that inward. So the winter and the autumn are more the yin, the more the feminine type of energies, and then the spring and the summer are more of those masculine type of yang energy. So I now design my business a lot around sort of those two weeks or the, the four weeks of my menstrual cycle, so the yin and the yang, because when I work in flow with them, I know that I can have a, a little bit more rest the days that I'm bleeding and the couple of days before I don't push myself. It's like I've got a to-do list, but if I don't get it done, I know I'll get it done in my summer or spring weeks because I'll, uh, uh, I'll have the energy for it. And sometimes I can go six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours that week because I just have the energy for it. But then I know when I when I get closer to bleeding or the first couple of days of my cycle, I can just sort of rest, tune out, and just be really compassionate and kind. Because as women, our energy changes with the natural flow of our hormones, whereas men pretty much are a standard baseline. Yeah,
0: (laughs) men don't get it easy.
1: They do, and a lot of women and especially in the western society that most of us have grown up in we've been conditioned to try and compare and compete with them whereas tuning into the feminine is actually about well i you know like there are weeks that i i might want to compare and be more productive and kind of you know be on par with them but there's a couple of weeks where i don't need to like that's that's the divine feminine like I have a uterus and I can give birth and it, you know I can appreciate all you know the the qualities of being female and I can allow myself to rest and restore our hormones naturally have given us this beautiful inherent ability to rest and restore you know for probably at least 5 or 6 days of our cycle but a lot of women don't understand that that's kind of what the menstrual cycle is It is also about birthing children, you know, that's the intention of the menstrual cycle, but it's also about allowing ourselves to have this inward, reflective, connected, compassionate space for ourselves. And we can feel really, really energised when we allow ourselves to do that rather than trying to constantly be on this 24-hour cycle like men. We're just not biologically designed that way. So it can be really empowering when women are like, Oh, so I'm feeling more anxious or on edge the week before I bleed or a couple of days while I'm bleeding because that's what your impressions are naturally going to feel like with those hormone shifts.
0: (laughs) So it's really then if you are feeling that, I'm even reflecting hearing you talk about it, there are some days and I'm like, wow, I'm really creative in some weeks and I'm like, Yeah. yeah, I'm really going. Mind you, I am breastfeeding at the moment so I haven't my period hasn't come back touch wood yet. <laughs> but I know what it does. You do you do. You feel like though you've got those weeks that you're really energised And other weeks you're like, why am I feeling really deflated and it's usually, you know, when you've got your period, you're fat and frumpy and you're not feeling great. So yeah, it's nice to know that there are something that you can also know that you're not feeling so bad about that.
1: It kind of just gives you a little bit of that compassionate relaxing of the inner critic type of I suppose awareness so a lot of women that I've worked with you know when they understand this or they've done my workshops I mean I've been talking about this they're like it's been so profound now because I you know I have no judgments now you know those couple of days before I bleed and the first couple of days of you know when I am bleeding I just if I don't feel like doing
0: anything I just surrender to it like And it's like, it's so empowering. (laughs) I guess it's also because it's like you say, if you think about you've got a hundred things to do in a month, it doesn't mean that it's all going to get done evenly, you know, 25 each week. You may do like 15 one week that you've got your period. And then because you're energized the next week, it may go, you might get heaps more done. So You might get 40 or 50 done one week. My
1: summer week, sometimes I can be on such a roll sometimes that you know, when you're just in that flow, which is kind of really what they, you know, working in alignment with your cycle is, it's about finding your energetic flow, like for your body. It literally
0: is. It's like, oh, I'm on fire. (laughs) So what can we do then as like a takeaway from this? So first of all, we recognize obviously what our cycle is And then what can we do then do to take steps to make changes? And I know that as busy working mums, sometimes you feel like you've got to be on 24-7 regardless of where you are. But is it there some weeks that you go, right, okay, I don't need to overcommit like to all those social activities or even as a mum maybe asking for help a little bit more? Is Is there some hints and tips that we can share? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I would say number one is get yourself A cycle tracker. So whether it's an app, so I use P tracker, but there's also like my flow that that there's there's an app for everything these days. There's so many cycle apps. So I'd get yourself an app, or you can use a piece of paper, but an app's usually the easiest way. And you can start tracking your symptoms and your energy, maybe even for just a monthly basis, only because that can kind of sometimes just give you the awareness as to the the dips and rises in your energy. So that would be one. Number two is especially if you're a working mama, I now have in like my Google calendar what week of my cycle is at the top of my calendar. Like I use Google calendar. So like my summer one is red and then my bleeding one is blue, like my winter week, and then my spring is green and then I think autumn is yellow. So when I go to plan something, (laughs) or when I go to book in a podcast or a retreat, you know, or I also work down in Gippsland. Um, I have, I'm from Gippsland. I have clients down there and I run some workshops down there. I'm never planning it on a blue week. <laughs> yeah. So I now in like, I now prioritize that week for being quite often. I do still see clients. I, I, you can't always plan everything and my cycle isn't a bag on like 28 or 29 days. It's like 28 to 31, 32. So it's always a little bit hard for me to really predict when it's coming. But it's just a great way to be really mindful or aware, okay, so I'm going to pop all my podcast episodes, for instance, in this week or, I'm, you know, I'm going to have that networking event then because, you know, I, I know I'm going to be, you know, in my high vived more social it can just be a really great tool to know when you should do things and because different weeks of our cycles are great for different things so like the when we're bleeding it's really great for evaluating or reflecting and just taking a little bit of stock and then spring week's really great for getting creative or putting those plans into action and changing and shifting things or starting a new program or creating content for something new you know, planning a podcast or a retreat or whatever it might be. And then that summer week is like, yes, you know, let's let's actually launch it or get it out there or have that event or that retreat or, you know, those networking events or whatever it might be. And then, you know, your autumn week is about let's just let's finish up everything I haven't done so that I can, you know, start the cycle again. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yep. And how can you do that from a work perspective if you're not working for yourself but working for an organization? How can you try and manage your your schedule also with a family at the same time around that? Because some people might go, oh, I don't know if it's possible, but how can we try and shift that mindset that's saying yes it is?
1: So within like your family dynamic, you could obviously open up that conversation with your partner around. Your hormone changes and your cycle, because a lot of men have no idea about what women, what we go through. No, (laughs) and while they may not necessarily take it all in, you might be able to just, you know, constantly nudge them to be like, okay, so I'm moving into autumn week this week. So if I snap at you because of something, just be mindful that that's that's (laughs) why. My partner now knows. He's like, are you do? Yes, I am. (laughs) Okay. And he knows just to back off. It's really, it's really, it's actually really refreshing for me because I don't have to say anything. He just knows now. And he also knows, like I've set an energetic boundary that I don't cook the first two days of my cycle. So I've either prepared as much food as I can and I've popped it in the freezer or he cooks or, you know, for dinner we'll get takeaway or something. But it's a boundary that I've set up within our home structure. So these are small Shifts and changes, but can be really dramatic or can be really energetically enhancing for you as a woman. And feel this sense of support when, especially when you have a family, is to kind of pre-prepare and pre-plan a little. Does that make sense from a family sort of? I mean, it, you're not necessarily going to have that conversations with your kids straight away, but a lot of women are starting to be like that. Like, "Mummy's bleeding this week, so she's going to be a little bit more tired," or, you know. We're going to do that next week because, you know, mummy's not feeling her best at the moment or mummy's on her period. Because the more kids and, you know, whether it's, you know, you have girls or whether you have boys are educated around menstrual cycle awareness, it's going to change the collectively awareness of it just generally. And it's already we're already starting to see shifts and changes because this topic's starting to become, it's been starting to be talked about a lot more. And then from a biz like working in an organization. I mean, you're probably not going to have that conversation with your boss. You might if she's female, which she'll get it. She may, I mean, some women aren't aware of it and they might not, it might not be their thing, which is fine too. But there's usually, you have usually still got control over certain things in your diary. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it might be you knowing that you're coming into an autumn, your autumn phase or you're going to bleed next week and that you perhaps do some of the work that you would usually do next week obviously if you can you could potentially do it that week before or perhaps you know as much as you can you might shift and change meetings if you can you might see if you can work from home the days that you bleed rather than being in office I mean at the moment thanks to COVID most people are working from home so they've had that flexibility but You know, if you're having to move back into an office space, you might they might be the couple of days a week that you say to your boss, like, I'm just those couple of days, I'm going to work from home from now on. So you can have a heat pack or rest in the afternoon or do a bit of meditation or whatever it is that you need to do. And we're just talking like small little tweaks, but they can really make huge differences within your energy when you're in a work sense and then it it might be about coming back to being a little bit more planned and organized with your food and things so that on some weeks you don't have to think about what you're eating (laughs) because that in itself is a huge (laughs) that's a huge stress yes mental load
0: yep yep oh that's cool and then you also earlier on said about the energy from the moon and so is that another factor as well about where we get our energy from
1: yeah so as women we're just the moon is the yin energy, and the yang is the sun or the or the daylight. So, you know, masculine is more the daytime, and and, and it, it kind of makes sense when when you start thinking about it. But nighttime is that yin, it's that sleep and that resting and that restoring. <laughs> so, we as women are more in tune with just innately with the energy of the moon. And as I was saying, like if you're no longer bleeding you would follow the moon patterns as if it was your cycle because the moon basically shifts and changes every 29 days and what's the average menstrual cycle yeah so yes. back in the day they used the men- they use the moon to track the cycles because they didn't have calendars yeah 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 so that's a little bit where that has come from they used the moon to help with understanding what was going on with within the cycle I mean it's not directly linked as in you know we don't otherwise we would all bleed on a new moon or we'd all bleed on a full moon or vice but you know what I mean but yeah as women we're just natural cyclical beings you know we have a cycle when we give birth we have a cycle every month when we bleed you know the moon is a you know a monthly cycle which a lot of women follow like and our hormones do the same thing so it's it's whenever there's a cyclical kind of pattern. As women, we quite often feel quite, can be quite more moved energetically with that kind of flow, like that, those ebbs and flows, I sort of feel that. So I don't know if you've ever noticed around a full moon, you might not sleep, you might feel more anxious sometimes, you might feel more frustrated. A lot of women, especially when they start to have that awareness and notice can feel that shift and change within the cycles of the moon. So within my membership, I now have a Thursday night class where we do restorative yoga and yoga nidra. And then we also, on a new or full moon, do some new and full moon rituals because it's really nice to, as women, to sort of celebrate that cyclical sort of change and shift in energy And also it's, you know, a Thursday evening class for women to rest and recharge because we quite often do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like that hour, hour 15 a week where they just get to switch off.
0: (laughs) It's very needed a lot of the times.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of the moon linking with the cycles is it was traditionally used to sort of like almost like a calendar. And, yeah, it's just another way of, tuning into mother nature, which we all are.
0: Yeah. And nature is certainly so powerful. So, and just switching gears a little bit, and you you just briefly spoke about it, that overwhelm and and stress and things like that. And these are a lot of topics that I know women, particularly mums are actually experiencing at the moment. So what is Some tips and some strategies that you've used from your own experience of of burnout as well that people can use on an ongoing basis.
1: Yeah, so I part of my whole burnout journey is I didn't realize that I was actually quite anxious my entire life, (laughs) I just didn't know how to name it. So it was that was really a profound moment for me. But I would say self awareness is definitely quite often. We can be anxious and stressed, but we haven't taken that moment to be like, okay, I'm feeling like I, I am feeling anxious or I am feeling stressed. Okay, I just need to take a moment to process or be with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, acknowledge
0: the feelings and lean into it.
1: Yeah, nudge into because sometimes the um, the stress of the nervous system or the stress of the mind or the anxiety, whether it's just a mental anxiety, or you know, you're feeling it in the chest, or the belly, or the or the throat. It just wants to be felt. You know, it just wants to be acknowledged, and then it'll be like, okay, all energy, all emotions are just energy-demanding motion So they all just want to move. They just all want to be felt, and it's just that biofeedback from the body saying things are, you know, I'm doing too much, or you know, we're racing a little bit, or there's a lot of pressure on my shoulders at the moment. So I just need to take a moment and just breathe so my next thing would be deep breathing Yep, (laughs) because that is one free resource (laughs) our life force our prana whether it's just deep belly breathing or breathing a little bit through the through the chest it might be more of like an alternate nostril breathing or or like breathing in for three and breathing out for three whatever just doing some breathing can really help and because a lot of when we get stressed we usually hold in the breath and even anxious so it's some deep breathing when we're stressed and anxious quite often we're like going a million miles an hour so it might be about just taking a reset break or a reset moment so going outside for five minutes or grabbing a cuppa and just you know just coming more present like finding something to do that just grounds you and brings you back to your center so it doesn't necessarily have to be a big thing because especially if you're a mum or you're working Crime is like the most precious asset that you have. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So it could be just something small to break that sort of where you found yourself in that moment, which is where I quite often in, in doing that, I do, I quite often teach with my clients in the morning is whether it's in the morning or whether it's in the moment to just do a bit of that self check in what do I need right now? What am I feeling? Kind of similar to what we were doing before about feeling the feelings, but it's more about what do I need right now to perhaps shift or move through this. And sometimes it might be just grabbing the and going for a walk outside or walking around the block if you're working in an office or you're working from home. Just something to shift your energy. And there's so many different ways that you can shift your energy, but just doing something that's going to take you out of the way you're feeling and shift you into feeling how you would like to feel. I just recorded a podcast episode today on 25 ways to shift your energy.
0: Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) They're all really simple things like nature, sunshine, you know, bare feet on the ground, deep breathing, movement, laughing, smiling. Like Even just bringing a smile to your face can help shift anxiety and stress because it just brings in the endorphins, you know, popping on music and dancing. Like these can all happen whether you're stressed or anxious as well. It's just one of those small little things. And as a mom, like these things take a minute <laughs> or yeah. two to do. What is just something that I can shift from one state of being into the state of being that I want to feel? And it also helps you to get back in tune with you feeling empowered and in control of your emotions and of your energy. And then, you know, just making sure that you're focusing on today and that you're not too future planning because quite often when we're anxious and stressed we're thinking about future you not necessarily today you and if you are feeling a little bit tired and and sort of needing a bit more of a break it might be you know planning that friend day or that you know one day we'll be able to have spas and massages and all those things but (laughs) planning something for you so it's like you've got something to look forward to as well yeah and then also I mean if you are bleeding you know, if you've got a menstrual cycle, I'd also be like, where are you in your cycle?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because your winter week and your autumn week is usually where your anxiety and you're feeling more stressed will kick in. So that can be another little tool that you can sort of use too.
0: So you really come back to think about, okay, if I'm where I am, I may be feeling a little bit down and just, I guess, look inwards a little bit rather than looking yeah. outwards of gone, okay, where am I? Take stock. All right. You know, as you say, be in the present and not necessarily worrying about everything around you as well.
1: Yeah, it sounds really easy, but quite often it's the last thing we think about doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing that it's not until you suddenly stop and reflect, like just on a personal note, there's a couple of, uh, it was when we're going into lockdown, I think again, and I was like being a little bit anxious and things like that. And I was like, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I feeling this? And it wasn't until I reflected on, you know, it was because of things that my children were missing out on and seeing people and things like that. I was like, okay, right. This is the cause of the anxiety. This is why I'm feeling it. And it wasn't until I'd acknowledged that and really said it out loud to myself. that I was like, okay, right. I've acknowledged it. Now I can move forward because before that I was like a little rat on a treadmill of like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Which is what anxiety and stress does to us. Yeah. But it's not until you sort of have that moment of acknowledgement of, okay, right. This is, where it's, this is where it's been formed from. This is what I've been telling myself, but it's okay, we'll get there and, and things like that. But it was very powerful, but it certainly, it takes a lot to get there.
1: Yeah, I've got a technique called emotional freedom technique, which I think I've got a blog post on my website where you basically just hold the back of your head and the front of your head, because in those moments, we've gone into survival brain mode. <laughs> when we're stressed and anxious, There's no fresh blood flow or there's no, you know, clarity. There's no intuition. (laughs) It's like survival mode. How did I deal with this last time? The brain goes into how do I deal with this? How do I deal with this? It's not necessarily, you know, what you're needing in that moment. It's not necessarily giving you the answers. It's just playing repeat of the survival mode over and over again. So, yeah, self-awareness and self-reflection, you know, just that, Okay. Just reset. Let's just start again. Can be really really profound. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah, and it's, as you say, it doesn't have to be anything groundbreaking and and so no. the world that we're living in at the moment and even as hopefully in Melbourne as we're coming out of lockdown, we're still going to have have these moments as we I guess also reintegrate into society and seeing friends and family and everything else like that as well and our energy will be shifted in a different way because we're giving a lot more to other people because we have the accessibility to them. But at the same time, it's also going to drain our energies on, oh wow, mm-hmm. you know, putting up a, you know, thinking about conversations and thinking about getting ready, using a different lot of, of energy.
1: Yeah, well, because, you know, it's already been predicted there'll probably be a level of social anxiety for a lot of people coming out of lockdown because they're not used to giving of them, you know, giving of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Just one day at a time, though. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> just focus yeah. on today. <laughs> <laughs> We're Which, recording. I mean, COVID, Covid has been really good for that. I feel like Covid has come for a reason. It has, you know, it, it's come to allow us to perhaps live simpler, more present lives. I think we had all kind of probably gotten a little bit, you know, so future-driven a little bit. That it was like, okay, universe, it's time for you all to just just settle a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Just focus, be grateful for what, you know, (laughs) for today and the sunshine and.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, and is that really important as well, just quickly on the topic of boundary setting and things. So is that also really important? So, When you talk about energies, it's also about creating boundaries around those weeks, but also energies about managing your own mental health as well as your own self-care and also avoiding burnout. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I like to talk about almost like energy boundaries or like energy sort of bubbles. So like you've got your own energy bubble and boundary, which quite often people will try and get into and quite often will, you will let them if you don't have a strong boundary, you know, that's where that sort of people-pleasing or ability to say no quite often comes into play. It's like you're giving, you know, quite often too much of yourself to others and there's not enough coming back to self. So it's like there's too much, ex, you know, that outward energy going out and not necessarily enough of that inward energy to refuel you and that causes burnout. Yeah. <laughs> So the boundary has become blurred or the, bound, the energetic boundary, you know, has a hole in it <laughs> and you're leaking out, you know, that vital life force, which quite often ends up you being depleted. I quite often when it comes to boundaries, it's like, don't necessarily say yes straight away. I think a lot of us has come into, and especially myself, and I've done a lot of work on myself with boundaries because I was a people pleaser and a yes person and uh, put my hand up for everything, but it left me dry. And so now if I intuitively don't know the answer straight away when someone asks me something, I'll be like, can I get back to you tomorrow? I just need to check, you know, my family calendar or just see if, you know, that's in my bandwidth at the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. And a lot of us have lots touch touch with what are our values and what's most important in our life. And so when we are saying yes to something, we're not necessarily, is that in alignment with my values? Is it in alignment of what I'm trying to achieve right now? Especially when you have your own business because when you first start, and I did, you'll say yes to everything, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but there comes to a point where there's a cost.
0: Yeah, and it's usually a cost to yourself.
1: Yeah, and so what? whether it's a, a business, yes or no, or a personal, yes or no, or a family, yes or no, it's just coming back to a, some of those core principles of, you know, where, how energetic am I today or how energetic will I be that week or where will I be in my cycle? Yeah. Because <laughs> I already know, like, if someone's planning something, you know, some big social thing and it's day one or two of my cycle, I'll be like, I'm sorry. Depending what it is, sometimes I'll go anyway, but sometimes I'm like, can we do that next week or the following week? Or you give them a substitute of a date because I already know that I just won't be up for it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's being really mindful with your yeses and your no's because every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to to self usually or something else. And when you're really clear on what it is that you're sort of working on right now, what's your priorities in your life, that yes and no can become really easy. I certainly, when I hit rock bottom, had no idea what my values were or what I was standing for. I was just constantly saying yes to work. And I felt like I had to in the corporate setting.
0: But in reality, I probably didn't. I just need to stay on my ground and say no. (laughs) Uh, It's so true. It's something else I'm always harping on about is about knowing your why and knowing your values about why you're doing what you're doing. Because there's so much as say working mums that we put on ourselves of, oh, we've got to do this. And I hate the word we should be doing. I think it should, we shouldn't be talking about that. And so to speak, I just use the word should, but it's really powerful and going, well, I'm going to do me and my family, because this is what we need at the moment, or it's okay if I work full time, because that's what I want to do, not put on what other people are yeah. putting on you, because you know why you're doing it, you know, your values and everyone does life differently. And so it's about you finding out what works for you and 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 people and kids have different needs and everything else like that. And it's about leaning into those rather than looking across to the Joneses, just staying in your own lane. Yeah, and part of the
1: energetic boundaries thing is basically living in that inte- like that energetic integrity. Like you only know you. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody else knows your constitution and knows what makes you tick and what doesn't tick only you know that. So it's about you really standing in that energetic, integrative sort of bubble or boundary and being like, as you said, I'm just going to do me and let go of that comparisonitis, which unfortunately, thanks to social media, yeah.
0: <laughs> has become huge these days. Oh, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Comparisonitis and can be looked to other people and, and things like that. So well,
1: to, this morning we had an, an I don't know if you heard, there was the Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp. What's yes, stand. the outage. Yes. The outage. I was like, can you please be all day? And I don't <laughs> have to think about you all day. I was like, I was like relieved. I was like, oh, because it can be so, like that in itself is a drain. So it's making like everything can be an energy, like anything and everything can have its, an energetic boundary. It's just where are you going to put that energy? Because everything we do in life is energy. This conversation takes energy, thinking takes energy, eating food takes energy, exercise takes energy. So it's just being really clear boundary-wise or it might be doing a bit of an energy survey, like where am I putting my energy
0: and my time?
1: Is it the most efficient and effective? And do I enjoy doing half of the things that I'm doing?
0: Yeah, and that's so true, so true. And so what do you do for self-care that lights you up to keep you Happy and and I guess energized.
1: So I start my day with me. So my little I do lots and lots of different things, but my kind of real self-care ritual is I get up most mornings and I do either a meditation or I go for a walk or I do yoga, but I spend sometimes it's only half an hour, sometimes it's an hour depending on how 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 early I get up. I just start my day giving back to me. Because I can't give to my partner and to my clients, my community, if I'm flat and if I've got nothing in my tank. So I am a big believer in practicing what I preach. And so I'm a morning person. I'm an early bird person. So if I give to me first thing in the morning, I feel like I'm full, I'm recharged. All right, let's start my day. So that's really how I fill my cup. Outside of that, I love restorative yoga and yin yoga and I'm a big yoga nidra person, um, which is great for mamas and any women with newborns because it's like getting a half an hour, three-hour nana nap in half an hour. But anything to do with nature and beach and just connecting outside is also what refuels and, and lights me up. So that, they're kind of my main things that I do. Oh, and eating really, really well. That's another thing. in is like fuel out. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, it's so true. It's amazing what you eat and, and how how well you can feel from that. And so, Alana, where can people find out more about you? So you can find me on my website, which
1: is www.alanak.com.au. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's the same, so it's at alanak.kinesiology.com. I have a podcast called the Energy Shift and a Facebook community called the Energy Shift Community. So they're the main places you can find me. I'm also on LinkedIn, but I don't haven't been using it that much to date, but that I feel like is going to slowly change now.
0: <laughs> that seems to be a common thing with a few people at the moment. LinkedIn's gonna be the one that I'll change and start focusing on. Well, thank you so much for today's chat. I have to say that I've certainly learned a lot in terms of the listening to yourself and your intuitions and and where you are in your cycle and also how powerful that can be. So it's not just about that you're having a really productive day, but that actually might be something behind that about where you are and, and certainly your energies and listening to yourself is so important and something that I know that we probably sometimes don't do enough as working mums but really powerful that you do listen to yourself and if it's, you know, it's okay to slow down and it's okay to say no, because as you said, you're saying yes to something that means you're saying no to something else. So thank you so much for such a, I would say, energetic and powerfully uplifting conversation. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.